Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. Before I explain the grand economic scheme of the New World Order and present biblical insights about Israel's lack of annexation this week, let's quickly look at some COVID-19 updates and information. By the time I finish this report, I hope you will see the connection between the globalists' new economy and COVID-19. Dr. Mercola published an article this week that basically says if a person has ever had a cold, they could test positive for COVID-19. SARS-CoV-2 specific antibodies are only found in the most severe cases, about one in five, he says. That suggests COVID-19 may, in fact, be five times more prevalent than suspected. It also means it may be five times less deadly than predicted. 40 to 60 percent of people who had not been exposed to SARS-CoV-2 also had resistance to the virus on the T-cell level. Even though people who had been exposed to infected individuals had SARS-CoV-2, specific immunoglobin A, IgA, antibodies in their mucosa, there were no virus-specific antibodies in their blood. In other words, if you've beat a common cold caused by an OC43 or HKU1 beta coronavirus in the past, you may have a 50-50 chance of having defensive T cells that can recognize and help defend against SARS-CoV-2, the novel coronavirus that causes COVID-19. In other words, this Dr. Mercola article basically says that if you've ever had a cold, you may have the antibodies to protect yourself from COVID-19. And, if you do, the government's antibody test will show you as a positive carrier of the coronavirus. There are several viruses that cause colds. Coronavirus is one of them. The New World Order folks are using people's ignorance of this fact to promote COVID-19 as something new. People don't know that the antibody tests are just testing to see if they've ever had a cold. Instead, the antibodies test positivity rate is being used to scare the tar out of unsuspecting people around the world so they will walk right into the New World Order's traps. Testing positive for coronavirus antibodies could put people in a dangerous place with their government. This information could be used to lock them up or even justify killing them. Well, the Jews who survived Germany aren't laughing, but before Hitler justified killing them, many were. So just know that your once common colds could get you into trouble. Do not let them test you for coronavirus antibodies. This week, 
Israel is leading the way on two new battlefronts against its citizens as an example to the rest of the world on how to treat citizens. First, Israel is launching nationwide antibody tests. The program will last several days during which 75,000 tests will be carried out at health maintenance organization community clinics around the country. Designed by the health ministry, it is meant to be random in order to obtain a representative sample based on geographic location, size, socioeconomic status, and ethnic or religious background. So actually, Israel's antibody testing is more of a data collection action than anything else and the University of Tennessee has become the first one to require students and faculty to receive vaccines for the flu and COVID-19 that is yet to be developed sparking pushback from critics the mandate was pushed through as an emergency rule by the university's board of trustees with the promise that it will soon become a permanent requirement USA Today reported four weeks ago that the U.S. government has purchased syringes with RFID tracking devices ahead of vaccinations for coronavirus. The news release outlines a $138 million contract between the Department of Health and Human Services, DOD, and Apiject Systems America, a manufacturer of pre-filled syringes. The partnership will launch Project Jumpstart and Rapid USA, two efforts that will expand the production of U.S.-based injection devices, according to the DOD. Jumpstart will enable the manufacture of more than 100 million pre-filled syringes for distribution across the U.S. by the year ending in 2020, according to the Defense Department. USA Today also said it is partly false that the RFID syringes will deliver chips inside human bodies. It is only the syringe itself that is chipped for tracking the time and place of each injection in real time via a free mobile phone app. And further said there is no evidence the contract is a precursor to law enforced vaccination on the federal or state levels. Mr. Fauci is making claims that the U.S. could see 100,000 cases a day and Puerto Rico is now demanding COVID-19 test results from passengers traveling legally. So it only makes sense that every person migrating illegally across America's borders are being tested and or quarantined for 14 days, right? You know, travelers legal travelers you know people walking through airports or bus stations with suitcases and you know passports and so forth those people you know those arriving in various nations on earth are required to get quarantine for 14 days right no illegals carrying other diseases across America's borders must be getting tested and quarantined too right no. Wrong. According to CIS.org, the Center for Immigration Studies, 
there is no indication that refugees are being tested for the COVID-19 virus overseas or placed under quarantine upon arrival in the U.S. But even if they were, why welcome thousands of refugees in the midst of a health and economic crisis, this article says. Especially when we know that on top of being vulnerable to the COVID-19 virus, refugees have special health needs since they usually come from situations of poor hygienic conditions and health systems with a wide range of unmet health needs, including nutritional deficiencies, hepatitis B infection, tuberculosis infection, parasitosis, and other mental health concerns such as alcohol and drug abuse. These health concerns can strain U.S. health and social systems which are already overwhelmed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Folks, if this thing was a real pandemic, the U.S. government would be stopping illegal immigrants from entering the country. It's not a pandemic, and they don't really give a hoot about anything but making big economic changes come to the earth one of which is to make Jerusalem the economic capital of the earth as explained in the book of Revelation Israel's second battlefront against people using the coronavirus comes in a Knesset vote the Knesset passed temporary legislation allowing for digital tracking of coronavirus patients by the Shin Beit Security Service. 53 lawmakers voted in favor of the bill while 38 opposed it. Some Knesset members expressed concern over a possible invasion of privacy resulting from the involvement of the Shin Beit, which is involved chiefly in counterterrorism and usually does not monitor the movements of law-abiding citizens. By now, I hope most Beast Watch News listeners will understand that the reality is that the governments of the world have gone to war against their populations, as if their populations are terrorists. Israel is simply leading the way, as Mystery Babylon will continue to do more and more over the next years and possibly decades. I hope not decades. Joint List Chairman Eamon O'Day, who opposed the bill, said of the vote, The truth is that the more they take away our privacy rights and the government becomes more draconian, oh my goodness, that's the word that John used about Mystery Babylon at being involved with the beast. That beast is called the dragon. As the government becomes more draconian, the pandemic only gets stronger. The government has lost control of the pandemic because it is mostly concerned about how to control us. O'Day, that is its purpose. Israel Beitenu lawmaker Eli Avidor also criticized the legislation saying that the Shin Bait's technology is meant to help the Shin Bait keep us secure from terrorism and absolutely not against the sick or other crises in society. Only dictatorial societies use all the tools at their disposal to impose order, obedience, and slavery. And we do not want to be like that, although Netanyahu very much would. 
The Association for Civil Rights in Israel said it would petition the High Court of Justice once more to block the bill which says it is unconstitutional. In a statement, the rights group said no democratic state has employed its security service in the fight against the coronavirus. This is fundamentally a wrong move which shows how easily a government might be tempted to use extreme mass surveillance measures that were developed to fight terrorism and then use them to track civilians. It is obvious that COVID-19 is not a pandemic but is about something else what else is it about what I've said all along the lies about the coronavirus being a pandemic and uncontrollable are not about the virus itself but about people control controlling people through fear of death the climate change agenda which the new world order of the United Nations knows is pseudoscience and an outright lie could not get the global population to be scared enough to comply with Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030 the ultimate of which plan is to depopulate the globe they've brought out a common cold virus and lied to the global population about its virulence in order to begin the process of genocide go back to last week's Beast Watch News in which I quoted former U.S. Senator Timothy Wirth a Democrat from Colorado saying we have got to ride the global warming issue even if the theory of global warming is wrong we will be doing the right things in terms of economic policy and environmental policy and folks that's what this COVID thing is all about a new term has been used by the United Nations in recent years that you probably have not heard in the news but which I said last week I would tell you more about this week that new term is circular economy now you have probably heard the term green new deal well they're the same they're the same thing the reason for the new world order using one term among the United Nations the new world order and by experts is because details about this can be found in reports and articles that are not found when regular people like you and I search for what Green New Deal means. In other words, the truth about the Green New Deal's agenda and what it is meant to do to you is hiding in plain sight deliberately. And now I'm going to tell you what it means. You know by now that global economic change requires human depopulation. The climate change agenda had at its core the purpose of helping the useless eaters of the earth see that they were hurting the earth through consumerism. The same consumerism created by Western industrialists that they spread around the globe for the last 150 years plus. 
One hundred years after the industrial tycoons seized all global monetary resources, they began to see that they were actually killing the earth by digging everything out of it to sell products made from it to consumers. What to do? What to do? Well, what to do is give the consumers, useless eaters, a good reason that the earth is dying climate change not not blaming themselves climate change this model was designed to justify population control the new world order united nations had already begun implementing the population control with planned parenthood from the 1960s the use of crop pesticides and gmo crops before they ever brought climate change on board I showed you last week that the New World Order is deliberately giving vaccines to women worldwide, starting with Kenyan women that prevent their fertility. And viruses are known to prevent fertility in males and females. Well, pesticides and GMOs cause infertility. A study published in 2018 in the Journal of the American Medical Association suggests that pesticide residues in food may account for a large proportion of the roughly 100,000 unsuccessful pregnancy attempts in fertility clinics across North America. In 2014, a group of researchers with no apparent conflict of interest embarked on a journey to answer the question. According to their findings, GM food may impact our reproductive potential at several levels, but primarily through abnormal steroid hormones and their receptors, toxic products or products which increases the risk of endocrine metabolic processes, GM food foods may transfer new genes to human species capable of expressing novel proteins implicated in endocrine metabolic disorders. For example, a previous study linked an increase in insulin-like growth factor number one to consumption of milk from genetically modified cows. IGF-1 is associated with the development of endometriosis and endocrine metabolic disorders such as polycystic ovary syndrome. These and other measures have not reduced the population enough to keep the New World Order industrialists that run the United Nations from being fearful of their own demise through the very money and power grubbing plans they put in place for others. They thought they could reduce the Earth's population behind the scenes by killing the babies and poisoning the useless eaters in various ways and without people knowing. But we subverted their plans through a widely known avenue called the Internet. The New World Order industrialists that run the United Nations now needs a new plan, even though they will continue pushing the old plan. The new plan, killing people, or at least convincing people that they are being killed by a virus, and the Green New Deal, also known as Circular Economy.
The virus genocide plan of depopulation now allows the New World Order industrialists that run the United Nations to actually use other means of killing that they can blame on a virus. It also will allow them to push the idea of taking the mark of the beast for entry into the global health care system and for buying and selling food. So let's look at this circular economy and how it will help the rise of Jerusalem as Mystery Babylon. The New World Order is now secretly steering businesses and governments to a circular economy and COVID-19 has provided the cover for the collapse of the global economy but without telling anyone what they are doing. They are implementing a new economic model. This new economic model will remove from consumers certain resources in order to fulfill John the Apostle's list of commodities to be used in Mystery Babylon's temple consumption according to Revelation 18, 12 and 13. The definition of a circular or green economy is to increase recycling and stopping the use of non-renewables like trees. Green, for you and me, means more trees and less people. For the elites, it means more money. But it's not just about trees. It's about minerals, metals, and fuels. The coming temple will consume a lot of these that will be scarce for global consumers like you and me. So get used to your new normal as they are now putting it. For non-elites, the consumers, that's useless eaters, you know, you and me, the useless eaters of the world, this economic justice slash equality, the one that I described in last week's program, economic justice and equality is here. You just got your first equal stimulus pay from your government. And soon, gone will be the days of the middle class dream of personal property ownership and a guarantee of personal privacy and the right to protect oneself, family, and property. Those are going away. They're not going to belong to you anymore. The new paradigm, the circular economy, is based on three principles. Design out waste and pollution, keep products and materials in use, and regenerate natural systems. Another way to put this is consuming better, spending less, and using rather than buying. The circular economy is about getting rid of waste and not using new resources but reusing old ones. The common term for this is recycling. And all of this is about getting people to recycle. But there's a problem. The New World Order industrialists that run the United Nations are not the ones stepping up to build recycling stations and governments are not pushing recycling as was once done in the 70s and 80s. It turns out that the recycling industry is a failure as a money maker. 
So the New World Order industrialists that run the United Nations have stuck with the primary source of income, what they can dig out of the ground to make into products. Also, a circular economy requires limiting growth. Limiting the growth of what? Well, limiting economic growth. But that leads to the need to limit the growth of something else. And this is where the brilliance of the coronavirus comes in. This is COVID-19's triumph. At last. Despite decades of work to achieve global belief in climate change, the New World Order now has devised a situation that people do believe in, death by coronavirus. It's a lie that humans are dying from the virus, but people are buying it. Since 1968, when the 33rd report to the Club of Rome catch that number 33 you know Freemasonry's famous and most secret number a number for initiates only said that the increasing costs of mineral extraction due to pollution waste and depletion of low cost sources will eventually make the present structure of industrial civilization unsustainable that's what they said this 33rd report to the Club of Rome. Since then, the New World Order has struggled to get the global population to believe it. The report said that coal and uranium supplies were already insufficient in 1968. This Guardian article from 2014 continues, The last decade has seen the world shift to more expensive and difficult to extract fossil fuel resources in the form of unconventional forms of oil and gas which have much lower levels of EROEI, that's energy return on energy invested than conventional oil. Even with technological breakthroughs in fracking and associated drilling techniques, this trend is unlikely to reverse significantly. The reality does not lie. Folks, they're actually telling the truth here. The earth has undergone drastic reductions in minerals, oil, and gas resources since the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds of the world have realized the wealth potential from these. The earth is being destroyed. And Yahweh says in Revelation 11:18 that he will destroy those who destroy his earth. But rather than taking responsibility at the highest levels for this destruction, the New World Order industrialists that run the United Nations has blamed their own consumers and want to kill their own consumers before the earth runs out of resources and becomes a wasteland globally unable to sustain any population, even the population of the New World Order industrialists that run the United Nations.
Continuing in this Guardian article, the circular economy model which aims to use closed loop production to keep resources in play for as long as possible is presented as a pragmatic win-win solution, an almost magical fix for our environmental woes. As well as easing climate change, resource depletion and waste, its backers promise economic growth and job creation too. Big business can continue to flourish, buoyed by new opportunities and expanding markets. Folks, the laws of physics also govern the laws of economics. Nothing can contract and expand at the same time. The article continues, Our environmental crises are intertwined with the crises of inequality, migration, and democracy. Oh, blaming the people instead of themselves. And none of these can be solved in isolation. Maximizing recycling and reuse of materials is necessary, but cannot be a cure-all. And in another Guardian article... Limits to economic growth or even degrowth, according to this Guardian report, says, do not need to imply an end to prosperity, but rather require a conscious decision by societies to lower their environmental impacts, reduce wasteful consumption, and increase efficiency. Changes which could, in fact, increase quality of life while lowering inequality. Tell me, how can economies be limited when the population continues to increase? Well, they can't. Limits to economic growth or even degrowth can only happen if the world's population decreases. And how does reducing consumerism for the useless eaters mean they are still prosperous? And how do these changes that are good for the New World Order industrialists that run the United Nations continue to be good for those who they are taking resources away from? Folks, the New World Order's fixes do not work. Do you know why? Because the people who own the industries that are ripping up the earth to fill their pockets are not stopping what they are doing while they blame consumers for consuming the products they make. And lowering the earth's population won't work either because less people means less production means less money in the pockets of the industrialists. Their dream is less population with the same amount of consumerism using a new model of recycling called circular economy called Green New Deal. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's dream come true. She is the Green New Deal's poster child, but not its inventor. The circular economy goes hand-in-hand with eugenics. See this article, From Agriculture to Agricology Towards a Global Circular Economy, for details. The New World Order will find they can't breed consumerism out of humanity. 
the circular economy model, the Green New Deal recycling model, and COVID-19 are very related, as I've said. The climate change narrative did nothing to make John Q. Public fall in line with the narrative that the planet is dying. The planet is not dying, but the New World Order elites are killing it, and their lust for power is what is unsustainable. The more the ego gets, the more it wants. Enter the power demonstration, coronavirus. The message from the New World Order is that if people won't buy into depopulation by the climate change narrative, they will buy into corpses laying in the streets from a pandemic. The New York Times wrote this, If you like the pandemic lockdown, you're going to love the Green New Deal. According to a conservative uh, writer in the Washington Examiner in the headline of a recent editorial, Elizabeth Harrington, spokeswoman for the Republican National Committee, wrote in an opinion article in The Hill that Democrats think a pandemic is the perfect opportunity to kill millions more jobs with carbon-cutting plans. Folks, COVID-19 doesn't have bodies laying in the streets and the numbers are jacked. But people are buying the lies and the connection between bringing to the new, to the world a new economic model has been missed by most people. COVID-19 is the new world order's dream come true. It is true that the coronavirus shutdown, which has limited automobile traffic, idled factories, and sent demand for oil plummeting, has led to the clearest skies in a generation and a dramatic decline in planet-warming greenhouse gas emissions. Here's what is being said. The COVID lockdown, after only three months, has already proven to be true the lies about climate change. Do they think we're stupid? Yep, they do. If the climate situation was as bad as they say, it would take years, maybe decades, to see this kind of reduction of greenhouse gases. That's what they keep saying in all their reports. But here we have, after just a few weeks, we can all breathe again. I was already breathing, weren't you? New York Times further says, strategists for both parties say the palpable signs of what decarbonization would mean to the world, because, you know, there's been this COVID lockdown, have created an interesting challenge for Mr. Biden and the Democrats. They could talk up the dramatic views and crystalline air as previews of policies to restrict the burning of fossil fuels, but with exploding unemployment, epic lines at food banks, and rising poverty, Republicans would have their own ready response. Look at the price. This is what a carbon-constrained world looks like, Michael McKenna, who served as Mr. Trump's deputy assistant on energy and environmental issues, said. Robert Shrum, a longtime Democratic consultant, offered a warning to Mr. Biden. I wouldn't talk about the present crisis as though it has a silver lining. Doing so, he said, plays into the hands of people who argue that action on climate change means the destruction of the economy. Are you getting the point? 
climate change, Green New Re Deal recycling, and COVID-19 are contrived planned disasters designed to work together to show earthlings who is in power. And it isn't the people. There is no democracy on earth now. All the nations use the word democracy to keep people believing they have rights. But people's rights have been removed step by step since the Reagan years. Both circular economics and viral epidemics destroy economies and people. And while the House Democrats release a plan to address climate change this week and the World Health Order, uh, <laughs> wow, the World Health Organization continues its calls for developing information products to refute the rise of creeping eugenics. They want to refute to the people that there is anything going on with eugenics and flawed scientific studies that refer to genetically, not socially, structured inequities, COVID-19 gives them cover for their real dastardly plan, the depopulation of humans on earth. The New World Order industrialists created our economic and earth resources mess by creating consumerism and now their fix is to blame and punish the consumer. To fix the consumer issue, they have to kill off some of the consumers, you know, like killing off rabbits on a rabbit farm whose population has gone wild. Now we're going to turn our attention to a completely different matter, Israel's annexation. Israel's annexation plans are still up in the air. Israel will annex portions of the West Bank in July, according to this article from J-Post, but only after President Donald Trump has made a statement on the matter, according to Regional Cooperation Minister Ophira Kunis of Likud on Army Radio this Wednesday. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu signaled that nothing big will happen on July 1 after meeting with White House envoy Avi Berkowitz and U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman. Netanyahu said they spoke about the question of sovereignty which we are working on these days and we will continue to work on in the coming days. The coming days, according to this article in J-Post, takes us into an indeterminate future and uh, J-Post tried to present four reasons why the July 1st date came and went without an announcement. This doesn't mean that annexation in full or some other form won't ever happen, the article says. In fact, Netanyahu has floated the idea of annexing just a few large settlement blocks close to July 1st to try to appease all sides. The U.S. appears to be conditioning the advancement of the annexation on Gans's backing in addition to support by Foreign Minister Gabi Ashkenazi. 
Gantz has said he supports the Trump peace plan, which involves annexation, but only if the idea gains wider support than it currently has. European politicians have threatened sanctions on Israel if it follows through, and Arab countries have warned that the move could cause disastrous unrest in the region. Yusuf Aloteba, the United Arab Emirates ambassador to the U.S., has written that annexation would also destroy the relationships that Netanyahu has been working hard to build in the Arab world. The Palestinian Authority, led by Mahmoud Abbas, has not been happy about the annexation rumors. If Israel follows through with its plan, the PA said it will declare its own state. It has already reneged on all security cooperation with Israel and even stopped taking tax money held for them. All signs pointed to a historic low in Israeli-Palestinian relations. However, in a striking reversal this week, the AFP news agency reported that the PA is willing to come back to the negotiating table, something it hasn't done since 2014 if Israel drops the annexation idea. The report claims that the PA sent a letter to the so-called Quartet, the diplomatic group of the United States, the United Nations, the European Union, and Russia, saying it was ready to resume direct bilateral negotiations where they stopped. The AFP would not discern when the letter was sent, though. This is Gantz's other point. The coronavirus has made a comeback in Israel, and he thinks the government should prioritize dealing with that first. And Jordan has issued another warning to Israel this week about annexation. This is where we need to now understand the complex intersection between the new circular economic global economy brought to us by coronavirus and the rise of mystery Babylon. It really is that the global economic change brought about by COVID is the fuel under the fire of Jerusalem's rise as mystery Babylon. This has been pre-planned and is now being implemented. The world sits as if on a precipice waiting to find out the fate of Israel because somewhere in everyone's mind is the knowledge that Israel's future will determine the earth's future. At Middle East Eye asks, what does this Israeli government want? Well, Israel's government has said it wants as much as 30% of the West Bank to be annexed, including blocks of illegal settlements, the strategic Jordan Valley, and the northern Dead Sea. What are the possible scenarios? The first would annex all of the West Bank's Area C, the part fully controlled by Israel under the Oslo Accords. That would include all illegal settlements, which hold some 400,000 Israeli settlers and the Jordan Valley. A second plan would see only the Jordan Valley claimed by Israel. Resource-rich and highly strategic. Remember about the resources of the New World Order industrialists. Resource-rich Jordan Valley and highly strategic Jordan Valley. The Jordan Valley currently holds 56,000 Palestinians and 11,000 Israeli settlers. 
In the third scenario, Israel would annex the major settlement blocks of Maliadumim, Ariel, and Gush Etzion, which together have a population of around 85,000 Israelis. Maliadumim sprawls between occupied East Jerusalem and the West Bank. Gush Etzion lies over the holy Palestinian city of Bethlehem, and Ariel sits in the middle of the territory overlooking Nablus. Annexation of these areas would sever many parts of the West Bank from Jerusalem and Bethlehem and create Israeli enclaves in the heart of any future Palestinian state. Well, all of these are disastrous for the Palestinians and some Israeli settlements as well. Where the Palestinian villages get cut off, so do some of the Israeli settlements in other areas. Unlike residents of East Jerusalem and the Golan, Palestinians in the West Bank will not be offered Israeli citizenship or permanent residency. Instead, Netanyahu told pro-government newspaper Yisrael Yahayom, the Palestinians will live in isolated communities ruled by the Palestinian Authority, surrounded by territory considered to be Israeli. Were the Jordan Valley to be annexed, he said, the city of Jericho will remain under nominal PA rule, while other Palestinian towns and villages will live under Israeli security control. I want you to imagine now the additional checkpoints, longer trips from villages to Jerusalem, more area for uprisings by Palestinians against the Jews as they travel, which is a favorite way, you know, the PA likes to kill Jews is, you know, when they're traveling. Palestinians blowing up sections of new roads, the Jordanian army coming across the border to fight the IDF to help the Palestinians, Hamas taking advantage of the chaos, and on and on. You can see how much trouble can come because of annexation, no matter how in one of these three scenarios it is being done. Where does the U.S. stand? Washington is holding its cards close to its chest. Annexation was a key element of Donald Trump's so-called deal of the century scheme to address the Israel-Palestine conflict. However, it was only to be carried out alongside moves towards creating an independent Palestinian state. From the outside, it appears there are conflicting ideas within the Trump administration. David Friedman, the U.S. ambassador to Israel, is staunchly pro-settler and has pushed hard to greenlight large-scale unilateral annexation, but this would effectively kill off Trump's much-aligned but much-publicized deal. U.S. officials were expected to make a statement outlining their position after consultations last week, but have so far held off from doing so. So, Middle East I did not really answer the question, what does Israel want? The world, it appears, is afraid to even whisper the truth, which is that Israel wants all of Abraham's promised land, and to make Israel into a religious Jewish state instead of a democracy. What others won't say, though, Israeli protesters will.
Donald Trump Square Fountain in Israel's Petatikva was turned blood red in protest of annexation on Sunday evening with the water turned blood red by activists who sprayed graffiti reading annexation will cost us blood. Despite Trump's electoral chances declining, Netanyahu is lobbying U.S. evangelicals to back annexation, even though Trump's evangelical base is eroding and moving over to Biden's camp. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu asked evangelical supporters to lobby in favor of Israeli annexation of parts of the West Bank via a speech on Sunday night to the American group, the Christians United for Israel, KUFI. Why it matters is because Israeli officials say Netanyahu thinks Trump needs the evangelical base to go to vote in order to, for Trump to have a chance at winning. The Prime Minister expects evangelical leaders to put pressure on the White House to give Israel the green light for annexation. Well, Netanyahu may believe if evangelicals pressure Trump that Trump will see that as support for his November election and cave into Netanyahu's demands. But evangelical love for Israel and their love for Trump may not be related though. Evangelicals could lobby Trump, yes, to get the deal done before the possible Biden win in November, but still turn on Trump in November. Anxiety is growing inside Trump's orbit about the former vice president's ability to peel off Christian voters who supported Trump in 2016, including the 81% of white evangelicals he carried. Such an outcome could deal a fatal blow to the president's re-election, which largely hinges on expanding his support among religious voters to compensate for enthusiasm gaps elsewhere. And there is another explanation that is not about Trump at all. Evidence suggests that Joe Biden just doesn't scare conservatives the way other Democratic candidates do. And it's not simply his politics. Adam Serer argues in The Atlantic that Biden presents a unique challenge to Trump because he does not arouse the ire of conservative white Christians in the same way that Clinton and Obama did. America's election polls may be the reason Netanyahu cooled his heels on annexation this week. This Haaretz article says the one person who has most influenced Netanyahu in holding back on annexation is a 77-year-old man currently sheltering from the pandemic in his home in Wilmington, Delaware, Joe Biden is the main reason Netanyahu is not annexing. Why? There are few politicians who have a keener understanding of polls than Netanyahu. He has several pollsters on his official and unofficial payroll and keeps in touch with others. His polling brain trust is heavily American. Not only is Netanyahu not about to get the kind of unequivocal backing he wanted for annexation, but he has to contend with the growing realization that to go ahead would put him at loggerheads with the prospective new Biden administration from day one.
Netanyahu's biggest fear is that a new administration would restore the United States' commitment to the nuclear deal with Iran, Obama's cornerstone foreign policy. He is hoping to at least get a chance to argue his case with the new president for continued sanctions and a tougher American negotiation stance. Delaying annexation gives him an opening with President Biden. If the polling gap between Trump and Biden continues to widen, the prospect of annexation will grow more and more distant. You know, the world is looking for a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian issue. And there is no solution. Nothing that man does in regard to Yahweh's land will work. A two-state solution effectively will return the land back to the status it had from Rehoboam and Jeroboam's time when the land was divided then. And the land will then be divided again in modern times. The map will look different, that's all. The one-state solution puts Judah in control of the entire land. This was Rehoboam's goal in the beginning, right after the kingdom split under Yahweh's hand in 1 Kings 12.21. And when Rehoboam was come to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin, a hundred and fourscore thousand chosen men, which were warriors, to fight against the house of Israel to bring the kingdom again to Rehoboam the son of Solomon Rehoboam wasn't interested in restoring the kingdom to its uniqueness of twelve tribes under one king nor was he interested in Solomon's reputation it was all for Rehoboam as it says here in scripture Judah, being in control of all of Abraham's promised land, will have the same effect of simply carrying on with Rehoboam's plan in modern times. Yahweh rejected Rehoboam's plan. 1 Kings 12.22 But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Thus says Yahweh, You will not go up. It says here in this uh, verse, it says you shall not go up. But here's, here's the sense of what Yahweh was saying. You will not go up nor fight against your brethren the children of Israel who is God calling the children of Israel who is Yahweh calling the children of Israel those northern ten tribes Israel has always been all twelve tribes you're not going to go up there and fight against the children of Israel return every man to his house for this thing is from me they listened therefore to the word of the Lord and returned to depart according to the word of the Lord neither of man's solutions will work to make Israel less of a time bomb you know the two state solution or the one state solution neither one of those are going to work every time man messes with Israel the world digs itself a bigger hole with Yahweh a hole from which there is no way out now here's a third option 
to solve the Israelis-Palestinian and non-Jew problem. It's a religious trick called Torah codes. These are the same as an Ouija board, and even more wicked because they make the Bible into a fortune-telling oracle. Nonetheless, it is good to know what Torah coders are saying. In this case, Rabbi Glazerson is once again putting his two cents in. His solution is a third one, the arrival of the Jewish Messiah, also known to us as the Antichrist. In Breaking Israel News, Rabbi Glazerson demonstrates how the Torah codes show that in the Jewish calendar year of 5775, that's 2014 and 2015, the Messiah was supposed to arrive, however, he didn't due to sinful behavior. The codes even reveal the words, will not be redeemed, highlighting the fact that the Messiah would not arrive that year even though he could have. The same goes for the following year, 5776, that's 2015 and 2016. Another year that the Jewish people were denied the Messiah, according to Rabbi Glazerson, was 5778, 2017 and 2018. He credits lack of faith in God, sexual impurity, and the desecration of the Sabbath as reasons why the Messiah didn't arrive in those years. Rabbi Glazerson then reveals that the Messiah will arrive in the Jewish calendar year of 5781, which can be any time from the night of Rosh Hashanah on September 18, 2020, until the end of 5781 during the day on September 6, 2021. Rabbi Glazerson adds that when that happens, the people of Israel will take possession of the land as written in Numbers 33. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have assigned the land to you to possess, as if only Jews were part of Israel in the book of Numbers. However, the rabbi adds that this can only happen if the Jewish people repent. Towards the end of his presentation, Rabbi Glazerson again points out how 5781 is what is revealed in the Bible as the time of God. On the same table, the words Messiah is highlighted twice as well as the word end. Although he didn't explain why end was highlighted, it likely points to the end of days. Well, what we really have determined from this article then is that if the Antichrist arrives this year, it will be because the Jews have repented. The problem with all the rabbis claim that the Messiah will come when the people have repented and have become righteous is that is not what the scripture says. The Bible says that Yahweh will come when the earth is so wicked that unless he gets here, the earth's humans will all die, including his elect. Matthew 24:22. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So, one state, two state, Jewish-only state, Palestinian-only state, are not solutions. They are backhoes, digging the biggest hole in front of Yahweh in his land while he laughs in derision at their efforts. And now, 
Is the world witnessing the start of Christian persecution in Israel? This week, Israel shut down God TV. In a landmark ruling, Israeli regulatory authorities announced on Sunday that they are shutting down an evangelical Christian television station for not disclosing in its license application that its true agenda was missionizing Jews. Shalanu, a new channel set up by God TV, one of the largest Christian broadcasting networks in the world, in partnership with the Israeli Messianic community, had been broadcasting on cable television since the end of April. It is a very rare for the council to take a channel off the air and it is the first time a Christian channel broadcast in Israel is being shut down. God TV was told by the council that it was welcome to submit a new license application that provided a more honest depiction of the nature of its programming. Proselytizing in certain circumstances can be against the law in Israel. No, not can be, is against the law in Israel. The announcement came after a fundraising video surfaced in which God TV CEO Ward Simpson said, God has supernaturally opened the door for us to take the gospel of Jesus into the homes and lives and hearts of his Jewish people. Overnight, the video message that had caused the storm was taken down and God TV issued a clarification. The network had no intention of trying to convert Jews to Christianity, Simpson said in a new video message. It merely wanted them to accept Jesus as their Messiah. And again, it says it is not necessarily against the law to broadcast Christian programs to a Jewish audience in Israel, he noted in his letter. It is, however, against the law to proselytize to individuals under age 18 without the consent of their parents. Had he been aware of the true nature of the channel, wrote Betone, he would have tried to establish whether Shelanu's programming was targeting children. In considering a new application for the Christian channel, the council chairman wrote he would weigh the benefits of free speech against any possible harm to religious sensibilities in Israel. In an email responding to a request for comment on the matter, Ron Cantor, God TV's Israel representative, wrote that the decision came because Mr. Batan has received tremendous pressure from a small group of people. The average Israeli is not threatened by our channel. I am confident that the state of Israel, which upholds values of democracy, such as freedom of speech and religion, will in the end do the right thing. Israel may, in the short term, not tip its anti-Christian hand by keeping God TV off the air, but make no mistake, Christians will eventually not be welcome in Israel any more than the Palestinians are. Here is where a misunderstanding of Christians living and working in Israel comes in. Israel has already gone from being a democracy to a Jewish-only religious state in which only Jews can live and operate.
Now that has not been fully implemented as of this date. And the reason for the annexation push is to create Israel as this kind of religious state. Christians in Israel will suffer a fate spoken of by Yeshua. They will be martyred by Mystery Babylon. Mark 13:9 But take heed to yourselves for they will deliver you up to councils and in the synagogues you shall be beaten and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake as a, for a testimony against them Yahweh needs Christians carrying the message that Yeshua is the true Messiah, God in the flesh, and rightful King of Israel to the Jews until it is time for the Jews to persecute them. That persecution may have just begun. All these things, circular green economies, depopulation by virus, famines, wars, and natural disasters, and the new starting persecution of Christians in Israel are working together for Yahweh's glory and for the good of all those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. Romans 8.28 That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.